0: Binging on movies. Binging with Jason. You're binging on movies with Jason. Here Here comes comes the binge. binge. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the final binge movie podcast of 2015, the year that was, I guess. Uh, This is Jason Leroy.
1: My name is Rebecca Olarte. And the last three movies we're going to cover are Joy, Concussion, and Mustang. And as always, we're going to rate these on a three tiered scale, binge it being the highest rating. Consumer moderation means it's okay, but it's just kind of meh. And then send it back means...
0: Life is too short for that mess!
1: Let's get started. Uh, The first movie we're going to take a look at is Joy. Joy is the story of a family across four generations and the woman who rises to become founder and matriarch of a powerful family business dynasty.
0: I want you to remember something. Because a lot of times people get nice things and they start to think differently. We got here from hard work, patience... And humility. So I want to tell you, don't ever think that the world owes you anything because it doesn't. The world doesn't owe you a thing.
1: So this is the third consecutive collaboration between J Law and D. Russ. Devo Russ. Devo Russ. Yeah. How does this, that. how does it stack up?
0: Not well. It oh. No, no, it doesn't stack up well. And, uh, and I say that as someone who did not actually even really like uh, Silver Linings Playbook or American Hustle. That
1: was going to be my next question. Yeah,
0: yeah. Those are my least favorite Russell films, and I missed them, like, badly oh, no. when I was watching Joy. I was like, what I wouldn't give to watch those weird overpraised movies right now <laughs> instead of this weird half-baked thing I'm looking at.
1: Even more than Silver Linings Playbook.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Silver Linings Playbook, the first half of that movie I loved, like up until the kind of weird rom-com, because like, you're thinking yeah. it's going to be this kind of edgy character study about like mental illness and these like brash, crazy people saying horrible things to each other. And that's exciting to watch. <laughs>
1: you're like, oh, this is familiar. I'm like thumbs up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should make a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, God, they should have. Um, but, uh, but then when she, you know, has like the letter and she's like, oh, I just need you to be my dance partner in this competition. I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Oh
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. And
0: that's when you realize, oh, this is like almost like a M. Night Shyamalan level twist of (laughs) of genre where you think you're watching this kind of like edgy character movie and it turns out like, nope, like dippy rom-com. I see. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yes, that I think was the original log line. Um, (laughs) so yeah, no, I, I, but you know, Jennifer Lawrence was, was great in that movie and she was great in America and hustle that i think is my favorite performance because she's just like i mean she's kind of in a different movie than everyone else in that movie she really is she's just in her off in her own corner just like doing this kind of like virtuoso like jazzy riff on everything (laughs) just being so over the top it's so intense in a way that you're just like damn she is going hard on this material um not the case with joy not the case with joy at all. Joy is 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 profoundly lacking in the energy that made those two movies kind of pop the way they did.
1: Is it the story or is it the
0: It's 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 just sort of like a it just it's botched really from top to bottom. Um you know, I think there's 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 major pacing issues. Uh it, it just drags, it's uneven uh and it's it's not the acting is kind of a little bit more low key um mm-hmm. than we've come to expect j Lob really only has like one scene where she like turns it up to 11 that way that she can, where yeah. like her eyes just look like they're on fire. They're like burning coals and she's just like vein popping. <laughs> she does that for like three seconds in one scene and the rest of the movie she's much more subdued.
1: So is this a, a, a testament to David O. Russ? Is that one? that going to work? David Russ. David O. Russ? David Russ. O. Russ. Um, handling a, a female protagonist? Because that's never happened before. In her, uh, J-Law's collaborations, she's been kind of the second banana, mm-hmm. at least, if not fifth banana in right. American Hustle. Right. Um, and he's never made a movie with a female protagonist before. He has not. And then there was the Lily Tomlin video.
0: Yes. Yes. Do he, you think is... it
1: was surprising that this happened and that's why it didn't work?
0: Well, you know, and this is the man who called Lily Tomlin a cunt. Uh, How
1: I would be ter- i If I said that, I would be looking over my shoulder.
0: Yeah, I for know. For the rest of my life. It's amazing that he is still walking among us. Um, so David O. Russell is, is, you know, has a, a pretty massive, uh, reputation for being just a colossal asshole, mm-hmm. very difficult to work with, very kind of explosive. Like he got into a fist fight with George Clooney on the set of Three Kings. Um, he got into that, you know, multiple fights with Lily Tomlin on the set of I Heart Huckabees. Uh, he's just a, a rough guy. And, uh, but apparently that's why him and j work together so well, because she's kind of fucking crazy too. Right. And so they just yell at each other all the time, but they both enjoy it. <laughs> um, but if only some of that dynamic would have come across here, but no, here's the funny thing about joy and the whole, like David O. Russell does a female protagonist, uh, thing. This was originally a screenplay by Annie Mumolo, who co-wrote Bridesmaids with Kristen Wiig. Okay. So Fox 2000 commissioned the screenplay from Annie Mumolo. Uh, then David O. Russell came on board and I guess they kind of gave him the screenplay, and they were like, "Oh, you know, maybe punch it up a little." Um, David O. Russell then completely rewrote it. He pulled it out of Annie Mummla's hands, completely rewrote it. Did his whole David O. Russell thing, which he's famous for doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he did it on um, he did on uh, Three Kings. Uh, I think he did it on American Hustle. He just like he just pulls these screenplays away from the writers, and then he just like is like, "Well, fuck y'all." Like, I have my own ideas. My own ideas are obviously superior to yours, so I'm going to just put myself all over this and do what I want with it and everyone's afraid of me and I have a good track record so I can do what I want Mm -hmm. and so what's so ironic is that Joy opens with like there's like a little um, script on the screen that says like this is dedicated to any woman who's ever tried to change the world or something like that and like meanwhile motherfucker you (laughs) took this out of a woman's hands a woman wrote this story a woman worked with the woman who it's um, about Joy Mangaro anyone below worked with her and sat with her and spent like a year and a half writing this screenplay that David Russell then took. And then he, they tried to not even let anyone will have a credit on it. Like currently, David Russell has screenplay credit, and she had to fight in Writers Guild arbitration to even get a story credit.
1: Wow, this is a story that needs to be told.
0: Yes, and, and it's it's out there, you know, yeah. like it's it's. I was just brushing up on it to make sure I like knew the details. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so this is so. I just ironic that this is supposed to be like David O. Russell's celebration of women that he ripped out of a woman's hands because he feels like you he know, knows better.
1: But who can tell a woman's story better than a man?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's always been my experience. You know, it's always,
1: it's like you have to just edit out all that crying and feeling, and then just get to the point and tell the story.
0: I know. Yeah. If any of you ever ever wondering how Rebecca's doing, don't ask her. Ask me. Ask I'll Jason. Tell He'll tell me. I'll, tell. I j-
1: I'll just talk about how I feel. Yeah. (laughs)
0: my outside perspective is much better (laughs) uh so yeah so that's what i think is so and that's why i think there's kind of poetic justice that joy is now shaping up to be kind of the biggest misfire of david o russell's professional career since i don't know when um i mean there were people who didn't like i heard huckabees right um but i feel like he had less to lose then
1: yeah he could experiment more
0: yeah Um, And I love that movie, for what it's worth. I mean, I haven't watched it since, like, college, probably, but I remember really liking I Huckabees.
1: It was definitely a different style than these last three. Yes. Um, So going back quickly to him being a Hollywood bully, Yeah. how does that work with him and uh, Bradley Cooper, then? is Bradley Cooper just roll over and show his belly? I mean, he he rolls over
0: and shows something, I think.
1: (laughs) He's such a pushover. Uh, He seems like such a mild-mannered...
0: I think that, you know, I think that... The people he works with again and again are people that he that can work with him. Yeah, basically, you know, I think that you know he worked with. I mean, although I was going to say Lily Tomlin just the one time, but no, she actually was in flirting with disaster um, back in the '90s. So she would worked with him previously, um, and she came back and did it again. Uh, I don't know if she will since then. Probably not. Um, but I think that you know this this troop that he's working with again and again, this kind of core group of, of Bradley Cooper and, and Jennifer Lawrence in particular um i think that like they just they feel like they all get each other and so you know but i think there are a lot of people who you have not seen work with him a second time and that might be because he doesn't get along with them so well or that they just can't take his directing style i mean he famously um famously did a lot of things but you know he freak, he screamed at amy adams like throughout the american hustle shoot um to get that performance out of her wow and um and that was her second, and, you know she had been in the fighter and i thought she was fantastic in the fighter that right. was sort of like her most game changing career redirecting performance because it was a much darker grittier type of role yeah absolutely and we were getting uh, used to getting from her
1: yeah, it was no Muppet movie. No,
0: no. And then uh, and then in, you know, American Hustle, she went even further because, you know, she was a sexual role and she got her tits out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I guess she was doing that while he's staying off camera just screaming at her. Wow. And uh, so I don't know if, you know, if she'll be back either. I think maybe, I don't know, she just wanted to just keep herself in the awards conversation and then, he, you know, she knew he was going to keep her there. Hard to say. But Bradley Cooper, I don't know what his deal is. I think that him and J-Law and Devo Russ just have a have some kind of, you know, thing going on. You know, they clearly understand each other. They get along. They work well together, and so they just keep doing it. Um, but I'll be curious to see what happens next. Now that this movie is not being as well received, if they if they keep at it, or if they're like, okay, let's reset, let's try something new, because this dynamic is not always going to yield gold.
1: So it comes out on Christmas Day, yeah, and which is risky because so does Concussion, mm-hmm. and then you still have the the fallout from Star Wars. There's still going to be plenty of people seeing Star Wars. Yeah, uh, it's a risky time to come out. I mean, I guess it's a different audience a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's a PG thirteen movie too. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that you know, I think concussion. I think concussion is R. Um, but uh, but you know, I, I think it's 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 a holiday ish movie. You know, it's like there's lots of snowy parts. It feels very sort of cynically made for a Christmas release, just because like it has a vaguely kind of like the score can be kind of Christmassy, mm-hmm. and it takes place in the winter time, and and you know, it's it, it's it's an inspiring movie. It's the most overtly inspiring uh, movie that. Uh, that Russell has made uh, because, you know, we're just watching this woman, Joy Mangaro, uh, persevere and refuse to fail over against many setbacks as she is working her way up from, you know, just like a, a working, uh, divorced mom who has an idea. Um, and then just, you know, it's actually surprisingly a lot about the business world and how like business oh, really? works. Um, like I was surprised how almost kind of granular it gets when it comes to like patents and things like that. Huh. Like a lot of this movie is about patent law.
1: <laughs> oh, good.
0: And, uh, yeah, that reminds so, me
1: of Christmas. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's very, very Christmassy. It's kind of like how burlesque was like actually just entirely about air rights. <laughs> um, Joy is really just about patent law uh so it was an education for me um but so i mean it does work as a christmas movie because it's kind of you know it's you can watch it with most of your family and it's inspiring and there's snow unlike our most
1: recommended christmas movie of the season which is tangerine which yes which you may or may not want to sit around with grandma yeah
0: honestly like there's really nothing that great to go see on christmas day and if you've already seen star wars so just watch tangerine on on i was gonna say netflix on itunes
1: or netflix uh going back to bradley cooper Cooper and Lawrence are they the new Hebert and
0: Tracy? What is this? Uh, you know, I think they they have a you know they have a, a vibe. Uh, you know, they have a, a connection. But you know, this is I guess well, I guess they didn't really have many scenes together in American Hustle either. Um, and then, then this, True. you know, it's True. it's not um, they he's he. This is very much a supporting role for him. Okay, he plays a, a guy in charge over at um, the Home Shopping Network and. Uh, or is it QVC? QVC? QVC. I think it's QVC. Yeah. Um, he's over at QVC, and um, and he's basically sort of like the gatekeeper that she has to get through to get her miracle mop on the air.
1: Okay. So it's not like a... It's, again, not like Yeah, a... it's
0: not a romance. Um, yeah, he's sort of just like the big business dude that she has to contend with in her fight to Stop get Stop using on your air.
1: jargon. Yeah. <laughs> You and your business jargon. <laughs> sorry oh, about he's that. the big dude. Okay. Yeah,
0: exactly. He's the big business dude. Like, I'm sorry that I'm alienating my my listeners right now uh, <laughs> by being too cerebral. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so you know they and they it's, it's it's kind of fun. It's almost like you when you're watching them, you're like, oh look, those two friends are play acting together again.
1: Uh, uh-huh.
0: Um. So. But uh, but yeah, this is this is not another. It's not a romance or anything. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's quite on like the 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 Tracy Hepburn level just yet. Speaking of
1: other people in this movie, yeah uh melissa rivers plays joan rivers
0: she does
1: does that mean she's melissa rivers is funny for the first time in her life
0: it does not oh god yeah no no melissa rivers is uh still not funny uh so (laughs) yeah she plays her mother in um in scenes at qvc because of course joan rivers was you know a queen of qvc Mm -hmm. and before uh, mariah carey before mariah carey and, uh, so they just kind of put Melissa in a Joan Rivers wig and like a Joan Rivers sort of little power suit. And, um, and they have her say things like, you'll never succeed in a man's world dressed like that. And, <laughs> uh, and she doesn't attempt to do her mother's voice, which is smart.
1: That's very smart. Very smart. Yes.
0: Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a distraction, but you know, David o. Russell has never been above stunt casting. I mean, he put Shania Twain in her Huckabees. Like, let's not sure. forget. Yeah. Um, yeah. She is there, and it's kind of, you know, also, famously, famously is my favorite thing to say in this episode, <laughs> uh, Joan and Melissa Rivers played themselves in a TV movie about Joan's husband's suicide in the early 90s. Do you did remember not know this? this? No,
1: I, don't, I do not.
0: Yes. I mean, um, I know
1: the story, but I didn't know there was a movie that they yes, played they themselves made it, in. They,
0: they did a made-for-TV movie for, like, for a network where they played themselves processing edgar's suicide wow yeah so is it good? i i have never seen it i have never seen it i feel like it it's probably really it's, it's hard on, to it's watch it's on the internet somewhere um but uh but yeah so there's there's precedent for a rivers playing a rivers yeah um true. and so now melissa is the only person who can say she's played both melissa and joan rivers on, on screen
1: <laughs> i'm sure there's a drag queen out there somewhere that's that true. has the same credit <laughs> that's to re- true i shouldn't
0: just give that to melissa so no melissa it's so it's so sad with her because it seems like Her mother being who she is, Melissa is somehow, like, cosmically fucked to never be able to land a joke to save her goddamn life. Yeah. Like, she has no timing, no delivery, and is just, will never, ever, 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 ever be funny. And even playing her mother and having scripted dialogue to read as her mother, she still still is not funny. Uh, so she's just kind of weird, grating. Well, mom, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you know, good for her. She's in the movie. She's keeping <laughs> Joan's memory alive as it should be. Uh, so, but yeah, that's and uh, that's not the only stunt casting there is in this. They, um, there's this kind of weird thing where um, he, uh, David o. Russell, reenacts soap operas. They have like a kind of a, a soap opera element where. Joy's mother, played by Virginia Madsen, just never leaves the house and just is at home watching soap operas all day. And so there are these kind of dream sequences of the soaps and Susan Lucci is in it and Donna Mills. Oh wow. And uh, and uh, David O Russell has has done an interview where he's saying that he's like these are the most professional actors I've ever worked with. They didn't fight me on anything. Like they just oh my they, God. they knew their they just did exactly what was asked of them. They knew every line, every mark. And it's kind of like it, it I don't know if he realizes how Funny it sounds to hear him complain about actors not being professional, right? And right, in like, how like in how it just makes him sound like even more of like a maniac to be just like they didn't put up a fight, <laughs> they did what I said, I liked it. It's like all right, crazy. Uh, so but yeah, so that's that's among the other stunt cast people enjoy.
1: Uh so it was assumed that this was going to be up for major awards, yeah, uh, because of the track records involved. But the buzz seems to have cooled. Do you do you think this has a shot?
0: It doesn't. Um, it's really uh, the reviews have been so tepid uh, since it was unveiled, and uh, it, it's its best shot at even a nomination is really just for Jennifer Lawrence in Best Actress, and she there's not a shot in hell she's going to win. Um, and uh, but it's 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 not really up for Best Director conversation. It's 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 probably not in conversation for Best Picture anymore. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it will pop up in, in um, screenplay somewhere. I hope it doesn't, just because David Russell doesn't deserve it after what he did to Annie Mumolo, and uh, and just because the final product is just not good. Right. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's cooled significantly. It's fallen almost entirely off the awards radar. Um, if it gets any recognition, it'll be sort of like a rubber stamping. Um, just because of the people involved, not because of any kind of actual merit.
1: And what are you giving it?
0: I, I was torn in this one. I really am. I guess I will give it a consumer moderation.
1: Okay. Ooh, it was right on the cusp um, of...
0: Yeah, I was on the cusp send of sending it, it back. back. I'm going to give it a consumer moderation just because it is, you know, it is a, a major release that's female-driven and has uh, a lot of roles in it for women. Isabella Rossellini is in it. Diane Ladd is in it. Um, and uh, it's it's not like it's... A, a terrible movie it's just really disappointing given what's come before it mm-hmm. and um and it's just uneven and and dull at times and just overall doesn't work but um but yeah i wouldn't say that it's so terrible that i would say send it back so i'm gonna say consume moderation for joy
1: joy is out now and is rated pg-13 for brief strong language that brings us to concussion in pittsburgh accomplished pathologist dr bennett omalu uncovers the truth about brain damage in football players who suffer repeated concussions in the course of normal play.
0: They're terrified of you. You're going to war with a corporation that owns a day of the week. This is bigger than they are. They have to listen to us now.
1: Okay, Jason, so this movie, ever since I I heard about it, I have been so confused about how this Ever even happened? I mm-hmm. felt like there's no way the NFL let this happen. You did just mention in the last segment that it's rated R, so maybe that's part of how it got through.
0: Is it rated R? Does it show in the notes? You know, um, there?
1: it is rated. Oh no, it's rated PG-13. Oh,
0: okay, so now, so so that's so it not even, that. Yeah, so it is. Even, it's, anyone can see it. Jason,
1: tell me how the hell this movie got made, and please tell the truth. <laughs> tell,
0: tell the, the truth. truth! <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> uh so yeah, I it, it's it, you know like yeah, it's it, it is surprising um that this has gotten out there and there's been a lot of press in advance about, you know, like did they cooperate with the NFL to to you know sort of water down the message at all and and you know the NFL like not, you know, trying to block ads for it or whatever the hell. Um so but no, watching the movie, it does not seem like it's watered down at all. Like really? the NFL comes across looking terrible in this movie. Um, the the best thing I I could compare it to is it kind of comes across, the NFL is to this movie what SeaWorld is to Blackfish.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Or Uh, like Boston is to Spotlight.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just kind of like, wow, obviously something needs to happen to change this horrible situation. Wow. Um, And
1: it's getting a Christmas Day release with mm, Will Smith.
0: Yeah, from a major studio. What? I know, I know. Um, And it's
1: it's like a month before, like, – the the heat of football season right at, yeah like, uh, Super Bowl is at the beginning of February I think or end of January mm-hmm. it's like right in the time. yeah it's, it's
0: in the heart it's in the yeah the heat of football season and uh, and it's coming out and and uh, I mean I don't know if I don't know if there would normally be any kind of partnership between I mean beyond studios buying ads during games I don't mm-hmm. know if maybe. I think this is this is a Sony release so I don't know if you know it'll be more difficult for Sony to buy ads during football games or what but like That's
1: a, there's like the room where like five men sit and one of them yeah. runs movies and one of right. them runs football and, <laughs> and one of them runs and it's, military and it's a and
0: tense room right now it's it a must tense room be. there there must be some fights going on uh no I mean like this this is a movie that you watch and you can't shake you know what it's telling you uh, what's showing you about like that, like, yes, obviously, these are head injuries. Football is a game built around head injuries. Right. And head trauma. And, you know, and it, and it has multiple, you know, sort of true stories within it of these men on the Steelers, former Steelers who, you know, committed suicide or who, you know, died in the throes of madness um, because of these head injuries they sustained and so the movie does not pull punches on that and it shows how frustrating it shows Roger Goodell is the the commissioner of the NFL is a character in the film played by Luke Wilson and uh, and there's a scene where um, Omalu and um, a character played by Alec Baldwin go to speak at a conference with the NFL where it's supposed to be like a partnership but then the NFL just like scapegoats them and like only has them there so that they can say that they heard the story that they're telling and they can just discredit it. like it does not like it feels it has the anger of a documentary. Wow it, it has the kind of the rage of of, of an of a tell all expose documentary about this issue. Um so yeah no it does not it does not soft pedal uh at all uh with this stuff and, it, it, and I mean I'm not a football fan surprise um <laughs> at all and so it's not like I'm someone who's like oh no like do I have to feel conflicted by watching football now um, so, you know, I, I don't know that there's a same audience for it. You know, I don't know that like football fans will turn out to see this movie anyway. So it might just be like a preaching to the choir thing like most documentaries are, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. where the people watching are the kind of people who already are like, well, yeah, of course. Right. Um, so I don't know that it's going to, you know, change much. But I mean, it makes a very compelling case. And like, you know, you can't, it's, it's really hard to argue with what's presented in this movie about the damage of, of playing professional football.
1: So I, you know, it shocks me you're not a football fan. I thought you were. You know, you're a Pittsburgh native. You bleed gold and black. I think those. Black those and ones. gold. Black and gold. Black
0: and yellow. Black and yellow. Remember, remember that song. <laughs> that's do. a thing. I
1: do. It was. Yeah. Um. Let's not. <laughs> how accurate. that was an impression
0: of another racer back. Don't say it was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it was not. It was definitely your own.
0: Black and yellow. Yep. Black and yellow. There yeah, we go. That's, that's my voice.
1: What? Uh, how accurate is this about Pittsburgh? <laughs> it's. Pretty- we love talking about the towns. It's yeah, we, movies. we
0: do, we do. Setting is important, you know, sense mm-hmm. of place. Uh, it is pretty funny about Pittsburgh, if only because there's a character who is... Okay, so Omalu is... He works at, like, the coroner's office. And uh, so, if, so, by the way, if you don't like movies where there are, like, lots of dead bodies being autopsied, then don't see concussion. Really? <laughs> because that's all Will Smith does, is just, like, give autopsies. So, and he, like, is in... He's, like, a weird, like, spiritual African about it. So he always, like... Puts his hands inside the their head and he's like, Tell me what happened to you. Help me understand.
1: And uh,
0: yeah. And uh, so, and then everyone just kind of like gives him the side eye, like he's crazy, um, which is absolutely what a Pittsburgher would do. <laughs> like, Why are you doing that, crazy? <laughs> um, and uh, so there is another guy who's on the staff there who's played by Mike O'Malley, um, who I know best as Kurt's dad from Glee. And uh-huh. he is like a diehard Steeler fan. And so he is like always standing there in the background wearing like a Steelers jersey. Being like, you leave those guys alone! Don't you cut them open! Let them rest in peace! Those are great men who did great things for this city! And he's in um, in a morgue? Yeah, and he works at the office. (laughs) He he works at the coroner. And he's like, and he has like, and I think he actually is like senior to Will Smith's character. So, because he has like the right to uh, approve or not approve his budget. And so he's like, listen, if you cut that beautiful man open after all he did for this city, I'm not helping you pay for it for the budget from this office. You're going to pay for it yourself. <laughs> what? And uh, it's, it's like, yeah, so it's definitely like Michael Malley is tasked with embodying like your classic, like ignorant, aggressive Steelers fan <laughs> um, who is like w- overly reverential. Toward Steelers, Steelers, yeah. So, like, as these like bodies come rolling in one for the other, of all these ex-Steelers who killed themselves, he's like, "Don't touch him!" Uh, My God, yeah. So, I would say it definitely uh, it, it understands. Like, I think that you know Pittsburgh. This is a true story. This is where it happened. But you know, kind of like Friday Night Lights, um, in in the town of, of Dillon, Texas. Uh, it makes sense in this setting to have Pittsburgh as a city that's basically driven entirely by football. Right. I mean, and it, also know?
1: it's a true based on a true story. Yeah. Exactly. So.
0: Yeah. So, like I'm saying, even if it wasn't a true story. Right. Like it would make sense to have Pittsburgh as a setting for this because right. Pittsburgh is a city that football is. It's, it's like you know the biggest industry, not steel so much anymore. Not so much. Not so much the steel. That's um, why they but... want to rename
1: them to the Pittsburgh Footballers. Right. Is that Isn't a thing? It? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did they? I don't know. I feel like my brother will have told me. Um but uh but yeah, so Pittsburgh is a great setting for this, um, because that's kind of what Pittsburgh does, is it is it it, it talks about the Steelers. And yeah. the Steelers are the pride of the city. So um so it's it's a perfect setting to have this story, this outsider coming in um and uh, and shaking things up and then not knowing anything about football or about the local culture and just knowing about science (laughs) and medicine and the human body and and then just you know fighting this fighting the good fight to get people to recognize what's happening
1: i still can't get over this like how this movie got made thing we tried to talk about something else but i'm coming back to it i I was trying to think of every possible angle Mm -hmm. that the nfl could go with like okay so if we let the movie play Mm -hmm. but we take i don't know it's it has will smith in it like that's a, he's a family movie star.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a, one of the last true superstars of he film. He is.
1: Um, and and Although his
0: kids are embarrassing him. I yeah, think they're, they're, true. they're bringing him down a peg or two.
1: But I feel like most people don't know about that, unless you're like hip to what's going on with, with young people and,
0: and studies the, of outer plane, in scientology
1: the... light. <laughs> you know, it's like my dad doesn't know what Jaden Smith is doing, but he knows uh, that Will I Smith to be your is father. Like... <laughs>
0: Yeah. I still don't
1: know. Okay, so if you were a football fan. Yeah. And you, I mean, I guess you know what it's about going into it. The movie's called
0: Concussion. Right. Would you have... I was going to say, there is another movie called Concussion um, that I much prefer to this one. Um, And it's about, um, it's about a, uh, a, like a lesbian housewife who... (laughs) Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Literally, as soon as like as soon as syllable <laughs> "Les" came out of my mouth, Rebecca like rolled her eyes and like rocked backwards. Um, no, it's about a lesbian housewife who becomes a prostitute. Yes, have you seen this movie? I have. It's I love that. Yeah, movie. it was good. It's a really good movie, and Robin movie. Weigert, who played the lead in that, is now on Jessica Jones.
1: Playing, oh yeah, yeah,
0: playing the vengeful ex-wife of Carrie Ann Moss's character. Yep who comes to a grisly end. That was <laughs> horrific. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> grisly end. We won't say what happens. but We should do a Jessica
1: Jones episode. Grizzly horrifying
0: end um, after committing a, a, a grisly horrifying scene. Anyway, um, so yes, that's another movie called Concussion. It so would well, be I, funny
1: I, if that's actually the movie we reviewed in this podcast. I
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Concussion, like, oh, so the, I don't know why this is coming out in theaters on Christmas, but I mean, <laughs> re-releases happen. You Take know? your kids. It's like The Sound of Music, Concussion, same thing. <laughs> Christmas re-releases.
1: So, okay, Will Smith is yeah. he going to get Best Actor for this?
0: No, um, I think you know. I think that he, you know, he he still has an outside shot at a nomination. You know, he does the African accent, uh, mm-hmm. and he does it very well. Um, you know, and he manages to hold on to it through the "Tell the Truth" thing. Tell the truth. Um, you know, so this is a really understated. Will Smith, like, there's no moment in this movie where you feel like that Will Smith swagger. Yeah, like he puts it. He puts it under a bushel. <laughs> he hides his <laughs> light under a bushel, and he plays a very just like quiet, bookish, medical professional. Um, and he does a great job of underplaying. Um, so, uh, so this is this is probably one of my favorite Will Smith performances. Uh, it, it's yeah, you you really forget that you're looking at him, even though he doesn't really do anything to change his appearance. You really forget that you're looking at Will Smith. Uh, and then also starring across him is Gugu mbatha Rao who is a wonderful actress uh, who has really worked her way up through indie's lead lead roles in Indies like Belle and Beyond the Lights, which is a personal favorite of mine from last year that I love. Did you see that movie? I have not. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. It's written and directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood, who did um, Love and Basketball. Oh, okay. And um, Gugu plays um, like a pop star uh, who has this kind of downward spiral, and then um, it's a, it's a romance that I like. You know, we were talking mm-hmm. we were previously about how like I hate romances. It's a romance that I like, where she like she tries to kill herself, and then the security guard who was hired for her just for the day like saves her, and uh, and it's just a really savvy, but it's not like that kind of like he saves her and then she's indebted to him. Right. Um, it's really about her finding agency and authenticity in her life and her world, and it's it's a beautiful movie, and she's fantastic in it. And um and now she's earned the right to play Will Smith's love interest. Is that a, <laughs> in an is that a step release. in the right direction? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I think mean, that's just the ladder. That's the actress ladder you have to climb, yeah. you know, like you you kind of um, display your, your your abilities and your versatility in smaller films, and then you get your shot in the majors at playing the love interest to like some big guy. And um and what's weird about their story in this movie is that it feels not entirely like above board. Uh, the whole thing is his character is, you know, he's a Nigerian immigrant, and he's living in Pittsburgh, and at at the church he worships at, um, the pastor takes him aside, and he's like, oh, there's this other woman who just came in from Kenya or some such place, and, uh, and you know, and she needs a place to stay, so she could, could she stay with you? And, which seems weird to me in the first place, but I'm just like, I guess that's a thing a church would have something to do. <laughs> and, um, and so then he looks up and it's Gugum Bathara, who, of course, is, like, fucking beautiful. And he's like, booga when he looks at her. Oh, no. And, um, <laughs> and so then, but with an African accent. And then she, so she's staying with him. And then gradually, they just start, like, banging and um mm. and i'm like i don't know this seems weird he's like you know he has like this like this 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 immigrant woman who you know needs a place to stay right and so yeah. then and then they fall in love and get married and we're supposed to be like oh what a nice story but it was weird to me it seems a little i feel like it's like a, there should be boundaries in place so that like a woman can stay with him and not you know have to feel like oh yeah he's going to i mean they, they don't make that doesn't look gross in the movie they show them like go out to like a club together just as friends but then they start to feel chemistry because of course they're both fucking beautiful people right and uh so but it felt it was just weird to watch it was weird to watch it felt a little cringy like I feel like it it just it was a boundary there should have been a boundary there yeah so that she you know th- to, to have that kind of um that evolution from roommates uh to uh you know fucking was strange to me um but Google Mbatha Rao is still um you know she does really well in the movie she has like one or two kind of big emotional scenes, and, and I hope she keeps getting work because she's a wonderful actress. And uh, and definitely, all see Beyond the Lights if you haven't already because it's a wonderful film and she's fantastic in it.
1: So, as someone who's not a football fan, yeah. um, I don't know if that means you're a football hater um, or just you prefer to live in a world that it doesn't touch yours. Are you rooting for this film as far as getting the message out there? Um,
0: you know, I think that I don't know that it will make anyone change their minds Um, you know like I feel like it always comes back to my interest being housewives I guess I'm like I'm watching these housewives who are like injecting poison into their faces all the time for their job Mm -hmm. and you know and that's probably long term not great Uh, for their health, Uh, but, you know, I watch it anyway because it's a a form of entertainment and escape for me, and they're, like, the teams that I root for and and (laughs) debate and have, like, my, like, fantasy football leagues, but for Housewives. (laughs) Um, So I don't know that anyone's going to watch this and feel any differently, and they're going to be like, well, it's these men's choice to participate in these games, and if they have the knowledge going into it that, like, this could cause them brain trauma and lead to them losing their minds and killing themselves... And they sign up for it anyway. Then that's their choice. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of like what's the you know what's the logical extension of this argument? You know, do you just stop having football? Do you you know go back to the drawing board about helmets and figure out a way to like have a helmet that cushions the head better? Right. Um, because I don't I don't think that is I don't know if there is such a thing like how many layers you need to put on it. Will Smith in the movie has um he he demonstrates the brain being shaking around in the skull. By putting some kind of you know brain looking thing inside of a a, a a bottle like a glass jar with some water in it, and he kind of shakes it around, and he like to demonstrate like what what happens to the brain whenever the head's having that kind of trauma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything that could really properly fully protect the brain from being shaken back and forth like that from having you know that kind of those that bits of you know damage being done to it right so I don't know what the what the answer is um, aside from just making sure that these football players are aware yeah you know sort of like the answer is just to like be a buzzkill I guess and just be like you know you're watching people do irreversible damage to their brains right well I think the
1: part where it really comes into question is is it ethical to put your child into, into football? And that's kind of the big discussion. It's like right. if you're an adult and you choose to make to, to make this decision, that's one thing. But if you are six years old and your kid and your parents enroll you in into football where these injuries can start happening immediately, mm-hmm. is that is that ethical? I mean, we've had Obama say he wouldn't put his kids in football, we have LeBron right. James saying he wouldn't. Yeah. But then you also have where football is this way out of certain life
0: yeah, situations, out of, out of poverty, out of out poverty. Of, you know, like there's a lot of kids in you know disadvantageous situations who grow up dreaming of becoming an athlete because they feel like that's the best shot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 it's, it's so it's it's shitty. It's shitty that you know that with that there's such heights in terms of how much money you can make, and then such lows uh, with like yeah you're going to fuck yourself up badly. Right. Um, and one thing I thought when I was watching the movie is this is not the only movie this year, uh, that is about sort of like big money football, trying to cover something up. Um, the documentary, The Hunting Ground. What's um, you have to see it. Uh, it's a documentary about, uh, campus rape. Oh. And, uh, and so in, in the movie, you know, at least one of the major cases talked about in the film was allegedly, um, perpetrated by a student athlete, mm-hmm. by a football player, who I believe now is like. He's like a superstar in the NFL or something. And um, and so it shows, basically, it's one of those follow the money things where it's like wherever the money comes from, you know, like that's what's going to try to shut things down. And, right. you know, football, you know, collegiate football is massive, huge fucking industry, NFL even bigger. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so basically shows serve this, you know, this willingness on, the, on behalf of all these colleges to cover up um, the number of sexual assaults that happen because a it fucks with their money just in terms of you know students wanting to enroll there right uh, if, if, if you're known as like the rape campus no one you know people aren't going to want to go there absolutely um and then also if beyond that it's a student athlete then that fucks with their their major money game absolutely um so there's so much incentive for them to cover it up and so and again concussion we see the same thing the nfl is like you know a massive one, of the biggest industries there is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so of course it would want to cover anything up that would threaten that. So right. it's, it's, it's just, it's just all about the threats to the money and, uh, and the things that are these, you know, these, these terrible, sad things are happening to people that we're just, you know, looking away from because it fucks with major money.
1: All I can think of is that inside Amy, Schumer sketch, Uh with uh, where it's like football night.
0: Yeah, the Friday night light sketch. Ain't
1: it good to be the coach? Ain't it
0: good to be the coach? (laughs) It's like, aren't you that coach who don't like raping? (laughs) All the boys supposed to play. That's not very neighborly, ladies. (laughs) Hi, I I know that. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tired,
1: and I don't know why.
0: What if she said yes, but then she changed her mind like a crazy person? (laughs) Still got to stop. Oh, come on! (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Highly recommend watching that skit. Yeah. So what are we giving Concussion.
0: I'm gonna give it consumer moderation, um, because as, as as, you know, major and important as it is to know uh what this movie has to say, um, it's 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 a dull movie. Yeah. Uh it, it, it's it's very it's very somber, it's very low key, it's not super is exciting. It you have cerebral.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: and you do kind of watch it wondering like, why isn't this just a documentary? You yeah. know. Um but uh but, but yeah. It gets I-
1: more eyes. I don't know. I'm 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 all about the visibility of this movie. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would say
0: I would say this is like a, a consume plus, <laughs> whereas Joy is a consume minus. This is consume bordering on binge it. Joy okay. is consume bordering on send it back. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that's how I feel about Concussion.
1: Concussion is out now and is rated PG-13 for thematic material, including some disturbing images and language. And that brings us to the last movie, Mustang, which is the pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick, pick,
0: pick, it's a pick, pick
1: of, of the, of the week. week. In a village in northern Turkey, Lale and her four sisters are walking home from school playing innocently with some boys. The immorality of their play sets off a scandal that has unexpected consequences. So we don't have a trailer for Mustang because it's all in Turkish. Yes. But so we'll go by the description. Um how immoral is the immorality of their play?
0: Yeah, so that's it's funny that that's the description uh, because it's very much, you know, it's how it's perceived. But, you know, when you're watching the movie, the whole idea is that what they do is not immoral at all. It's at all. very innocent play. It's just these, you know, these five sisters and there's, you know, boys the same age from their school and it's the end of spring quarter. And so they just, and it's, you know, it, it takes place in a Turkish village, a seaside Turkish village. And uh, so they all just go to the beach and then they're in the water fully clothed and mm-hmm. then they play, they have chicken fights.
1: Yep, which and, is basically when you just sit on somebody's shoulders and and fight each other, right? And and sisters and, fight each
0: other, and then what what happens is that there is a you know an old woman in the community who sees it and then goes back to their their home. They live with their they're being raised by their grandmother and their uncle because their parents have passed away, and uh, and it, this is a, a conservative uh, Muslim community and uh and so it, it's reported to their caretakers that they were being inappropriate with boys and they're bringing shame on the family and so what you know what we have that happens is that they are gradually imprisoned in their home um by because you know their grandmother is wanting to raise good girls and she's also terrified of her awful asshole son mm-hmm. the uncle right um and you know who is uh, very violent and aggressive and uh, and so yeah, it, it gets construed as immoral, but really, it's just that they're they're just playing. Uh, and part of you know part of the thrill of this movie is seeing the natural exuberance of these five sisters uh, yes. in the face of this of this insane oppression that's sort of being pushed down on them, and that they in a way kind of I don't want to say they can't be broken, but right. it's like the natural exuberance and life force that just comes out of them. Um, at the more that they're pushed down, uh, the more they just kind of shine. And uh, and it's so inspiring to see. It's, it's not immorality at all. At all. Um, and, you know, but these girls just have the, the misfortune of being in a small conservative village that's very far from um, Constantinople, uh, which is, or is it Istanbul? Istanbul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Istanbul, Constantinople.
1: Yeah. We, we sort of talk about how it's, you know, it's a Muslim uh, village and that sort of what frames the immorality of it. Mm-hmm. But I felt in watching it that it it's not at all, I was expecting this like sort of like heavily religious movie right. with a lot of, but it's not. I felt like what what the influence was was basically just neighbors being gossipy Mm. And it was more about how the family felt in the face of like their neighbors and their community and like their pride and shame more than it was like, you know, the Amman from the the village, you know, right. spoke out and and it, yeah. it was it, so it's like That's the true. the religious influence is there as far as you can tell like by the way they dress and and certain right. activities but it's it it could be sort of any community yes. that that a family feels like that they're shamed. About their behavior,
0: yeah. Especially at the, in this in this cultural moment, I don't want to make it seem like this is an anti-Muslim movie in any no. way, or that it demonizes those of the Muslim faith.
1: No, this could have been any
0: community. Yeah, it could have sure. been any small. It's it's a story as old as time, right? You know, uh, in terms of you know people growing up in a small town with small-minded people, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and you know who have just kind of insanely reductive, narrow-minded ways of looking at human behavior, right? And human expression
1: and and sexuality
0: yes, and in particular female sexuality a-
1: absolutely yeah, it's definitely more of that than it is a religious by situation. far
0: by far yes, this is a story about yeah five five girls uh, sort of that that vary in age from how how old would you say that Lale is the youngest twelve yeah maybe twelve to probably seventeen or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it's very much, uh, you know, a story about the, yeah, the oppression of female sexuality and the ways that, uh, you know, communities have come together over the history of humanity to try to banish female sexuality and try to hide it away and put it behind bars and, and, uh, you know, the ways that they find to, you know, like they begin to marry off the sisters, and uh, anything they can do to make them not be the disgraces that uh, right. they're now viewed as because of this one innocuous bit of playing. You sort
1: of pick up from the beginning of the film that the the grandmother has sort of raised them in a way where they have a more freedom. They, they dress in a more secular way. Mm-hmm. Um, before, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, before things kind of go haywire and the uncle mm-hmm. really takes over. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of blame about, you know, she let them do whatever they want. Right. Um, and it, when, when they start to go into this imprisonment, and uh, the other women in the community just sort of embrace them and teach them how to cook and how to sew in these, like, traditional female roles.
0: Because they call it a wife factory. The, it one, is, yeah. the one sister says, like, what, what's happening now is they're turning our house into a wife factory.
1: Right. And, and you even pick up from the beginning that they were very close to a teacher who was moving to Istanbul. And mm-hmm. there, was a more, there is a more progressive side that they were exposed to, and which may have fueled the spirit that you, you mentioned. The rebellious
0: spirit. Right.
1: But then the town that, that's sort of keeping this, you know, calling the memorial and keeping the family shamed is also... Really celebrating the fact that they're going to, you know, fall into these traditional female roles and mm-hmm. like really step up to uh, embrace that, which is just, you know, part of the whole cycle.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like this movie's a bummer uh, because I no. mean, it, it kind of it, you know, there's certainly some 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 very sad, poignant moments. But the thing that's so remarkable about this movie is just the sheer exuberance of these five sisters. Like, mm-hmm. there are a lot of scenes of just them playing and them horse playing together and them yeah. goofing around, and them laughing. And, um, and it really just captures the kind of like the beauty of like the young female spirit. Um, and so you, and so, you you know, to, to mourn what's being broken and what's being reined in the movie shows you it unrestrained, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know, just free and wild and, and delightful. And, uh, so, and in there, in, in these, the chemistry is so natural between these, these five young actresses, like you feel like you're not even watching, you feel like you're watching a documentary. Documentary, Yeah, absolutely. Like the way it, it shows them, it's just a very naturalistic light, just, just around the house together.
1: And it doesn't at all sexualize them.
0: No, no. I mean, like it's, it's certainly, it, you know, it shows them in states of undress quite a bit, but mm-hmm, in a really mm-hmm. natural way. Very I mean, natural. It's, it's sort of defying you to be like, oh, do you think this is dirty? Exactly. Like these are yeah. just young, these are just young women. You know what? You, why? Why does it have to be dirty? Just because like here they are in their underwear, the way that young women do when they're hanging around their sisters in you know in their bedroom. Right. Uh, so it it shows you that, but it sort of like defies you to be offended by it or exactly. to read sexuality into it, where the movie doesn't necessarily have any.
1: So we've called this movie has been called the Turkish Virgin Suicides. Yeah. How is it not?
0: Uh, you know, I think that, uh, and we talked about this a little bit when we when this was in our top ten of the year. Um, But, you know, one of the one of the big differences is that the virgin suicide is told from the point of view of the boys Mm -hmm, who are watching mm -hmm. these sisters, the Lisbon sisters um, being raised in captivity by their, you know, kooky religious parents. And uh, so there are certainly there are certainly elements that are very, very, very similar um, between the two. But ultimately, this is there's this doesn't prioritize the male gaze uh, into the story of these women. It's about these young women themselves and their own resourcefulness and their own cleverness and their own wiles to figure out a way out of this situation. Right. Um, and uh, and it's just you in this 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 young actress who plays Lale is just so she she ends up carrying the whole film. Like by the end, yeah. it's really her story. And uh, and uh, so and also, it's a story that, that most of us, you know, in America, aren't familiar with. You know, we don't watch a lot of Turkish movies. At least right. I don't. I'm not Professor Turkey over here. I don't know how things are like in <laughs> Turkey. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it, it gives us a glimpse into a world and a culture that we don't know. And then it shows, it, it gives us a universal story yeah. out of a very specific time and place. And uh, one that anyone anywhere in the world can watch and, and, and resonate with.
1: As you mentioned, we we mentioned this one in our best of 2015 episode, mm-hmm. um, and it has similarities to another major awards contender. Yeah, which yeah. is Room.
0: Which is Room. Yeah, which we which we talked about. It was uh, you know, these are both stories about yeah about women in captivity. Uh, I think that you know there's there's you know when you stand back and look at you know stories like this and Room and the Virgin Suicides, uh, there's such a you know I'm sure there's a great there's a great undergrad paper to be written somewhere about <laughs> about these about you know stories of you know like female captivity in cinema, um, based on you know those and, and many more. Um, right. But I think you know just staying back and looking at those uh, those trends, those overarching narrative trends of stories about you know men who lock women away right um because they usually for you know reasons related to sexuality whether to suppress their sexuality or to take it captive for themselves Mm -hmm. uh you know it's something that is is an indisputable element of life and uh and i I think that this is yet another really amazing narrative to add to that thread
1: and room is an awards contender how where does this stand um best foreign language film
0: yeah, Mustang is. Uh, from what I'm seeing, it's it's it made it into the final round. There's a short list of nine films that are in contention for the five slots in that category. Mustang is it's actually the entry for France, um, okay. so I think the director um, must be French. And uh, I think I think from what I read, the director. So it's it's um, directed by a woman who also co-wrote it, and uh, I believe it says she's of Turkish descent, and maybe she must have relocated to France, and it's a French production, but it just happens to be in Turkish and be filmed in Turkey um so uh yeah it's france's official entry for best foreign language film and from what i'm seeing it's expected to make it into the five final slots so it's looking like it's going to get nominated it's probably not going to win because there is um a holocaust movie called son of saul oh right um that is uh that's hungarian and uh that is kind of the overwhelming favorite for this category mm-hmm. um you know and it's and it is it's a a harrowing, harrowing movie, I watched it yeah. um so I could talk about it if with our our film critics uh circle voting meeting and uh, and i 'm not going to say it's not deserved um yeah. it's a really it's a, it's a story about the holocaust that i can't say i 've seen before and it's it 's shot in a really innovative way. Um, But then, yeah, also, I mean, like, there is that kind of cynical thing of, like, well, of course, the Holocaust movie is going to win the Oscar. Sure. It's a trump card. Um, It is, you know, and, you know, that doesn't mean – the movie certainly wasn't made with that in mind. Oh, of course not. No, Um, no, no. Not that there aren't
1: stories to be told. Not that it isn't. Exactly. It's just
0: just, just, the heaviest of material. And it just so happens that the Academy tends to – yeah, tends to want to – reward films that are about that Mm -hmm. and uh so but mustang at the very least will it seems like it's going to get a nomination which will put on more people's radars and as i mentioned in our best of podcast um it has celebrity fans like Reese Witherspoon Mm -hmm. and Mindy Kaling who are posting about trying to draw attention to it uh uh and uh so and now here we are making it our pick of the week so it's a binge it it's a binge it binge it go see mustang
1: mustang is out now and is rated pg-13 for mature thematic material Sexual content and a rude gesture. Was this, was this rating set by their family? For its immorality of the play.
0: Right, for its whorishness.
1: <laughs> Rampant.
0: Oh shit. All right, guys. Well that's it for twenty fifteen and for this episode of The Binge. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at the Jason Leroy. You can find Rebecca at Fight Balanced. Subscribe to The Binge on iTunes and rate and review if you're enjoying the show. And check out The Binge website at thebinge.us and like us on Facebook. On behalf of myself and Rebecca, have a great New Year's and we'll see you in 2016.
1: Binging on movies. Binging with
0: Jason. You're binging on movies with Jason. There There goes. goes The
1: Binge.